Hello, fellow nerds. Check out our network site, nerdsloth.com. You can also connect with us on social media like the Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram. If you like what you hear, look for Nerdsloth on Patreon and consider donating to help us continue delivering quality shows straight to your ears. If you'd like to help the shows out for free, head over to iTunes and write a heartfelt review. I mean it. Make me cry happy tears. But seriously, though, anything you can do really helps us out and we love you for it. everybody, welcome to Adrian Has Issues. Today's guest is the lead vocalist for such bands as Victory Dance and Franchise, the latter of which is based out of Jersey. But recently, within the last year or so, he's embarked on a solo endeavor under the moniker Lazarus Wild. And in August of 2016, he released the self-titled EP through Cardigan Records. And this April, April 7th to be exact, he'll be releasing the debut full-length album entitled Breathe Now. So please welcome to the show, Lazarus Wild. Lazarus, how are you, man? Hey, how's it going, Adrian? Everything's going well. Lazarus Wild, the, the name itself. Like, what really is the significance behind that and choosing that for a name for this project? It's a good question. At the time, during my projects that I uh, sing in, I was writing a lot of acoustic stuff, and um, a lot of the songs really were kind of touching certain issues that I was now finally coming to terms with and facing on my own. And and it felt like this rebirth, if you will. And um, I wanted to come out with this acoustic uh, identity that represented this this person, this like new this new me. And um, Lazarus being in the religious context of like this resurrected from the dead, it it felt like that it uh, fit well with where I was coming from mentally. Like I was coming back from this dark place that um, I was hiding in for so long. Right. And Wild being after the poet writer Oscar Wilde, one of my favorite writers. Those two names just fit well together, just made sense for me. It's an interesting name, and I kind of figured like the a little bit of the religious context, but still, I, I think that's uh, really fascinating how it fits into the rest of your songwriting, which we'll get into in a little bit. Because, like I said, I know you from Victory Dance, from, from Franchise, and these are two distinctly different bands. But it almost feels like I kind of got to know you a little bit for the first time with the Lazarus Wild Project. And not that I don't love those bands at all, but, you know, going on a, a solo endeavor, this is obviously you. This is you bearing your soul and, you know, in more ways than one. Yeah. And I remember last year I had done a write-up for um, the Aftermath Part 2 for the music video, which, you know, I, I remember watching it for the first time and going like, oh, wow, this is actually really cool imagery. It's like, it's a nice stripped-down minimalist uh, approach to it. But then as I continued to watch it and really got more of, you know, what the message is trying to convey, like, it was fascinating because in a weird way, I kept drawing all these parallels and thinking, holy crap, like, this is kind of what it's like in my own head on a, a good number of days and you know of course the more i watch it with that in mind i'm like wow like this is a fantastic 
way to sort of convey, well, I'll, I'll actually let you explain it if you uh, would. Basically, the, the thought process behind that song and also just the music video, because I think this is a, a really fascinating place to start. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thanks. Um, so the aftermath part two, you kind of hit the, the nail on the donkey with the concept behind it. I wanted to, like you said, make a minimalistic video that really portrayed this ruminoid kind of intrusive thought process that we go through when we're faced with such self issues that are that are this like conflicting battles. And in the video, like you see, you see me writing, and you can't really distinctly see what I'm writing, but it's like I'm going through these series of events that led me to this point where I've I'm having this self battle. And, and when you watch the video, you could kind of take it in your own way as to what it means to you. And that's why I wanted it to be so minimalistic and so vague in some ways. Right. So when you watch it, it could either be the aftermath of someone who's passed away. Now they're in limbo and kind of going through their life events of what they did wrong and what they could have done better. Or it could be the self-evaluation of where, you know, you're just stuck in your head, which I think a lot of people can relate to myself um, as well. When you're going through depression and suffering from it, you, you you have a lot of these intrusive thoughts and you're just always kind of trapped in your mind. And that particular scene, I thought, captured that. And it's something that I don't talk a lot about on this particular podcast or in this capacity. But it's funny. And of course, you know, knowing you, knowing your music and how so much of it deals with it. And it's like I kind of finally came to grips a little bit of going, it's like, you know what? I know this is something that I've dealt with for a very long time, but to just be just very open to say, you know what, this is something that I suffer with on a daily basis. And which is why I will admit is that, you know, listening to your music in a way was very cathartic to just basically be at least a little bit more open about these experiences and not from a way of trying to necessarily just pull sympathy, but just a matter of just saying like, this is a part of me and to deny it anymore would almost be doing myself and everybody else a disservice. Exactly. So for that, I will say uh, thank you. Like it's it's been a very interesting uh, ride listening to this, and which will lead us then to breathe now, which is the full length, the album art. Which <laughs> I want to start there because when I first heard that you're doing a full length, like oh this is really cool. So I remember seeing the image and going, wow, that's really fascinating because it's like I didn't realize that it was done by a mutual friend of ours, Chris Wolf, who's a great artist out of Jersey. Yeah. If you don't mind telling that story, I guess as far as meeting Chris and um, designing uh, the album art, because I think that's really cool. And I know it'd be easier if you were here to tell it himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So as I was kind of coming to the end of the mixing process for Breathe Now, I was thinking of what art cover I could use that can encapsulate what I wanted the record to represent. And I was going about it every which way possible. Like, you know, I want this record to really just, I want the artwork to really symbolize what all the songs are about. Maybe I don't want to do that. Do I want to be cliche and give it all away? And um, for whatever reason, I stumbled upon Chris's artwork while I was going through this like battle in my head of like, what would be the ideal forefront for the record? And I was like, Hey, you know, I really love this dude's artwork. I think it, it needs to be seen. Um, right. So I messaged him and I was like, hey, I know this is a long shot, but would you be interested in doing um, the album art for my next record that I'm releasing? And he was like, uh, dude, are you shitting me? Like, <laughs> no. And I was like, yeah, man, for real. He's like, dude, I'd be honored. I was like, 
dude, really? I was like, awesome. All right. Uh, he was like, what do you want? I was like, uh, how about I send you the record and you kind of just do your own thing? He's like, all right. He listened to it. He's like, all right, well, this is pretty fucking dark. And uh, he's like, so you're looking for something dark? I was like, all right, retract. I don't want anything dark. I wanted people to look at the imagery of the album and be more intrigued as to what the record is going to be about. I don't want to give away that you know this is a pretty serious album that I'm releasing that has a lot of serious topics. Right. And so he's like, okay. Uh, so he kind of came up. I was like, dude, just seriously, just do your own thing. And he he applied my influences of like Doctor Strange and that spirituality kind of uh, sense of things and created this album art. I loved that that one image that you kind of did earlier in your promos because I noticed it was being circulated a lot during the promotional uh, push for the EP. It was just like this one cool picture of you with the shades. Yeah. And it was cool how he used that image juxtaposed with the very subtle nod to like Doctor Strange, but also giving it this very like atmospheric view. And again, going back to why I love Chris's art is because it's like he has these great ways of pulling stuff like that. And which, um, really quick way, shout out to, uh, Chris and Jeff and the gang at Eastside Mags in Montclair, Jersey. You've heard him on the show before, Jeff, and he's a really good guy. So, and actually, that's actually why I met you was, um, at Eastside Mags. So I guess it comes full circle. Yeah. He brings people together. You talked about it a little bit with the Aftermath Part 2, but I guess I want to delve a little bit deeper into the inspiration behind Breathe Now and what really inspired creating this album. Breathe Now, I really wanted it to represent a variety of issues that I suffered growing up as a kid and up until recently, uh, to be quite honest. And not a lot of people, like you mentioned earlier in the segment, how you've listened to my other projects and like you've never really gotten a chance to know me for me and this record it allows listeners to really get into the mindset and see my world and where i'm coming from and so it covers a lot of mental health issues such as uh, bipolar disorder suicide rumination disorder uh self-reflection anxiety and disorder um, stuff like that uh, stuff that i've suffered for a really long time and a lot of friends and family around me um something that i don't think is necessarily talked about as much um, right just because of how sensitive of a subject it is but it is a very serious subject and i think that breathe now was a record that i needed to create for people to kind of understand me more uh people who've met me and seen me perform live they know me as this pretty introverted yet you know outgoing at times uh person but i've always been given the same uh response like you know you're a really sweet guy, but I don't like, I don't know what you're like. What, who are you? What's in that head of yours? This is finally that record that I'm able to like, all right, this is who I am. This is what I've gone through. I'm not afraid to speak out anymore. And that's something that we're often accustomed to any lover of music and art is that usually the creators are tend to be a little shrouded in mystery. I know for some that's considered like more of a marketing thing, but for others, it's like, you know what? We, in our own ways, will have our messages conveyed through the stuff that we create, whether you're, you know, drawing or you're creating music or heck, even podcasting in a way. But like, it is a little different to basically put everything out on the table because, you know, I know for myself, I'm thinking, okay, this is the version of me that I want people to know about. 
And I guess there's that sort of strange, I don't want to say fear necessarily, or maybe there's a good chunk of fear, but some hesitation in saying that if people knew this other part of me or knew more about me, maybe they would think a little bit differently and maybe think less. And it's weird how the mind plays tricks on you. And I know I've done this to my closest friends and family, and it's like, you know, why do that? But again, when you're creating, you're pretty much putting yourself out there anyway. So, you know, you do it to a point, but you don't do it too much. So I, I definitely understand that whole vibe. So it's very difficult to sort of be naked in that respect, to be completely honest, just to say, this is me, you know, warts and all, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I think that we all come from a place where, unfortunately, now more so, we are criticized and judged by how our beliefs, how we represent ourselves, um, all of that. And, it, and it's sad, you know, it, it, it prevents us from really showing our true colors. And that's not what humanity should really be concerning themselves or putting themselves in. They shouldn't be, there shouldn't be any judgment or criticism. We should all kind of just stand together and accept each other for who we are, and what we believe in. Right. And um, sometimes you know, I think that having the ability to express oneself truest uh, form, we get clouded by judgment of what we've seen on television or in real life around us. You know, um, it doesn't allow us to really uh, show who we really are. And I think that this hopefully will give that push, that little, that little nudge of it's okay. Don't be afraid to display your fears and, and your weaknesses because that's the strongest thing that you can do. The strongest version of yourself is being able to allow yourself to to show that you you have these kind of weaknesses. And I know for myself, at least, you know, because I don't want to speak for anybody else, but is that music has always been this great vessel for like return to, you know, to express a lot of things that I'm feeling in a way that, you know, I don't necessarily, or I'm not necessarily able to do in other ways. And, you know, it's like, music like my ipod you know remember those yeah <laughs> but it's like you know my mp3 player my super even like my uh my turntable that's my therapist you know it's like i sit down on a chair or in my bed at this point and literally just play music and everything that i need said will come out through there and then i then take that and put it into other things so and i think that as far as you're the message you're trying to convey you know, it's a great way to do that because it really is probably one of like the last true universal languages left. It is. It is. Yeah. You know, and there's a reason why it's like anywhere from, you know, huge pop acts to even like local, you know, punk bands can easily tour, you know, in countries who, you know, and I, and I say it's great. It's like being in a place that these people may not even know the language you're saying, but it's like through the music, everybody's on the same page. I, I always tell this story, which is a little schmaltzy, but this is like 2009 at Starland. I was at a Coed and Cambria show, and I don't even remember what song it was. At the time, I wasn't necessarily like the most outgoing person at shows. Like, you know, I was the person, you know, trying to keep monsters from like hitting friends and stuff like that. And this one song comes on. It's one of my favorites, and I wasn't expecting him to play it, so I'm just sort of belting it out. At one point, I end up bumping into this dude. You know, he's like this big guy, you know, bearded. You know, he totally looks like a guy who would be doing floor punches at a metal show. <laughs> I bump into him. We look at each other for a second. He's like, and we kind of nod. Like, he's like, this is my favorite song. So then we start singing. And then there's like this other girl who's like maybe 
what, barely out of high school? And it's like, the three of us are literally arms locked, just like going nuts. And I'm like, there's no other way that this would have happened. You were outside at some retail store and you, you've seen them or just walking in the street. Who knows if you guys would have had that kind of same humanistic experience where you guys kind of came together. Exactly. I, I think this is a great thing to not only just get your music out there, but to help hopefully end the stigma. It's hard to talk about because, no, like you said, no one wants to necessarily have to put yourselves out there that way. But again, it, it needs to be said. And not only just need to be said, it's also just needs for people to listen. Yeah. Because I think that's the other side that we don't really talk about when it comes to awareness, where a lot of it's like, oh, you know, obviously breaking the silence. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's hard to say, but then it's also hard for someone to listen and understand. Exactly. I think that's really the the most important part in, in it all. You know, the, a lot of this these awareness rallies, they, you know, it's always about, you know, bringing awareness, you know, talk to someone, reach out. In the end of it all, like you said, it's it's really just listening. It just takes someone sitting down and just letting that other person just vent and speak. That's as good, if not even better than trying to convince them otherwise. Right. So with the new single, um, well, actually it's been out for a while now, but uh, Swallowing the Pills, which, you know, got to check out the lyric video for that, which is fantastic. So were there any particular decisions as to why you chose this song among all the others to be the lead single for this full length? This song particularly for me was Touched Home. It brought me back to a time in my life where I I really was confused Um I didn't know where I fit in. I think a lot of people can relate to that. And the only thing that made sense was escaping. And I didn't know what escaping options I had, if that makes any sense. Like, what was the right way to escape these intrusive thoughts? And it kept circling around, not being around, not having any emotional connection to the people that were around me or or anything like that. And... um and I, I suffered through a series of dark times with these thoughts. And I think that when I was writing Swallowing the Pills, it, it kind of came out in this honest way that was letting people know, like, hey, I wanted to take my own life. And it, there was no hiding that fact. A lot of people didn't know that. Um, and that's fine. I, I, I totally understand. A lot of people never really do know these things uh, when people are suffering these issues. But... I think I wanted to write how the mindset was, and for me at least, of what I was thinking when I was going through these issues and maybe help others who could relate to those lyrics as well. And strangely enough, I had uh, a lady actually write me a letter not too long ago after listening to uh, Swallow on the Pills, and it kind of touched me in a really huge way. She said she came across my song and how it like really spoke out to her and saved her. She's going through these series of like depressive uh, thoughts and having suicidal thoughts and stuff like that. It made her feel like she wasn't alone in this battle. And uh, it really touched me. She had this connection to this track that like I didn't think anyone could understand the lyrical side of the song so quickly. You know, sometimes you listen to songs and you have to kind of process it and go through these these motions. For this particular person, she automatically knew exactly what I meant. And, um, and I told her after our conversation, I was like, listen, yeah, if you ever need to you know, vent, talk to someone, feel free to reach out to me anytime. Wow, that's incredible, man. Like, and that's, that's crazy. It's like, you know, you, you hope that, 
your music reaches somebody when it does like i mean that that's got to be surreal but it's it's important you know this can easily save lives and then that sounds maybe to some people listening that may sound like you know a bit much a little heavy-handed but it's true like you know anytime that anyone speaks out about this like even if it's hopefully one person like i said you've hopefully at least you know done some good in the world you know yeah even if it all honestly I'm not trying to write a record to save lives. I wrote a record to express issues that I was going through. And I think that a lot of people can relate to. And if people can relate to that and people can feel confident in voicing the issues that they're going through and not feel alone, that's the saving grace. That's where, that's where I'm doing something. I feel I did something right there. Not only did I, i I did something right. I do something right for myself and, and expressing these emotions, but, I did something right in the sense that someone now isn't afraid to speak out. So for right now, we're going to take a quick break. And during the break, we're actually going to play the track Swallowing the Pills off of Breathe Now, which is the debut album for Lazarus Wild, which is coming out April 7th via Cardigan Records. So we'll be right back after the song. Until my friends that I'm a ghost occupying 
And we're back with Lazarus Wild, whose debut album Breathe Now will be out April 7th via Cardigan Records. And what I also wanted to ask you was, now that the album's coming out, are you going to be touring and supporting of the album? Yeah, um, the day of the album, I'll be playing in Albany, Georgia, at a venue called the Oglethorpe Lounge, um, followed by an in-store performance um, on the 8th in North Carolina in Durham at Everyday Magic, and then the same day at a venue called Deep South The Bar in Raleigh. And you can find those dates on my website at LazarusWall.com. But for the next three months, I'll be doing a lot of uh, short burst uh, runs promoting the record. And I know this is probably a question you get asked a lot, though. But is the touring vibe a lot different from, like, let's say, because you're in two other bands. So I'd imagine that the touring is probably a little bit different. But what's the dynamic like as far as like the shows or just how you engage the fans um, at shows as opposed to having like this larger ensemble? Touring acoustically, there's this intimate setting. It allows me to really show people me. There's no like collaborative effort of, you know, being this big ensemble, this band with four other guys or five other guys. It's interesting. I like them both. Uh, it's it challenges me to deliver certain different uh, performances. Um, but of course, when I play acoustically, I I there's like it has a certain place. Uh, in my heart that I, I just absolutely love. I, I get to tear down my walls and just be vulnerable and let people at it. Yeah, because I noticed that, uh, you know, acoustic shows, you know, they are far more intimate, but at the same time, like, you're still providing an experience, you know? And it's like, okay, you may not necessarily have, like I said, this large band, but that doesn't necessarily negate just how powerful the music itself is. Yeah. Being able to perform acoustically... I primarily like to focus a lot of on um, the imagery of my lyrics. And when I perform live, opposed to when people listen to the record, I do my very best to separate the two. I want people to have a different experience when they listen to the record and when they see me live. And um, I try to capture that. I try to make people feel as though there's more than just a guy and a guitar on stage. Before we go, this is always something I always like to ask, you know, just a little bit of levity. Well, one of them I probably know the answer to, given the nature of the album art, but um, are there any comics you're currently reading at the time? Yeah, I'm still currently reading the newest Doctor Strange series that's out. I highly recommend that if anyone has not yet read that series, as well as Logan and uh, The Vision. I really want to check out Vision, and I'm really kicking myself that I haven't yet. And, you know, I've heard so many great things about it. And it's funny, like, I don't even know, like, the basic premise of that book. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cool. I, I like it. It's different. Uh, I have to thank Jeff from Eastside Mags for recommending it to me. It covers this family at Visions and his, like, family, and they're trying to fit into, like, everyday society. Right. So, like, they're going to school and having like this nine to five job. And like, of course, he's working for the Avengers, but they really touch base on like, you know, human emotion versus, you know, who they are as people and like where do they, where do they fit into the grand scheme of life? Uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty dark, uh, but it's, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I've definitely got to check that out. And I didn't realize it was being written by a Tom King, who I think is also doing Batman at the moment. So it's like, oh, all right. Well, and that's a short series. So I'll definitely have to check that out. 
But uh, Lazarus, man, thank you so much for taking the time out and uh, chatting with me. This has been uh, a pretty great experience, and I do appreciate the work that you've been doing and trying to shed light on something that, again, maybe difficult to hear and to talk about but i can't stress enough the importance of you know people communicating both and talking and listening about this so for you doing your part thanks so much yeah i really appreciate it thank you for having me so any other websites or things you want to plug real quick before we close out sure um you can pre-order my record on itunes uh or at cardiganrecords.com you can like me on facebook and on instagram at Lazarus well and hopefully I'll see you guys at a show near you. That'll do it for this episode of Adrian Has Issues, and we will see you next issue. Thank you for listening to Adrian Has Issues. Please be sure to visit adrianhasissues.com to stream or download our other great episodes. Like us on Facebook at Adrian Has Issues, on Instagram at Adrian Has Issues Pod, and follow us on Twitter at Adrian Has Issues. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and on the Satchel Podcast app, available on iOS and Android. Adrian Has Issues is a proud member of the Nerdsloth Network, home to such great podcasts as Nerds on Tap, Cinefreak Critique, and Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom. Visit them at nerdsloth.com.